This home went from haunted to straight up demonic. It's believed to be the site of more than 17 portals to the other side, 17 doorways for the dead to enter our world. This is the infamously haunted and terrifying Bel Air House in Ohio. The Bel Air House has been the site of a mine explosion and unexplained deaths. One man who lived in the home decades ago went insane, claiming that the spirits inside the home were trying to kill him. He was later committed to an asylum, but continued to talk about the dark entities inside the Bel Air house for the rest of his days. Over the years, the house has seen a quick turnover of owners and renters. It seems no one can last inside for more than a couple months. The current owner of the Bel Air home got so desperate to get rid of it, she offered to sell it to the town for a mere $1, but the offer was rejected. The place is haunted and everyone knows it. It's earned the reputation of being a hotbed of paranormal activity. Are you ready? Because the tales of the haunted Bel Air house are not for the faint of heart. It's about to get spooky. I'm Avery Ross and this is Avery After Dark. Welcome back to the show. I'm so glad you're here for today's episode. I gotta tell ya, my emails and DMs are flooded with requests for more hauntings. So you all asked for it, and I'm giving it to you. First things first, let's take a beat and make sure you're following along wherever you listen to Avery After Dark. If you're watching here on YouTube, subscribe, leave a like and a comment, and turn on those post notifications. I post new stories every week, covering everything from mysteries to true crime to hauntings, stories that make you say, wow. So if that's up your alley, you're in the right place. If you haven't already, leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps so much in growing Avery After Dark so I can make more and more for you all. And if you want all these episodes early and ad-free and want to support the show, join the Patreon. I'm linking that in the show notes. Now, today's haunting. The Bel Air House is widely regarded as one of the most haunted and demonic spots in the U.S. And it's truly in a class of its own. And just looking at it, it looks a little creepy. Some houses just look haunted, and this is one of them. Since the early 20th century, the Bel Air house has earned the reputation of being a hotbed of spooky activity, with reports of apparitions, curses, psychic assaults, and violence, as well as demonic activity. It sits at 1699 Belmont Street in the village of Bel Air, Ohio. Bel Air, Ohio sits along the Ohio River, and it is the all-American town. Seriously. When you pull into the village, that's exactly what the sign reads. The village has that small-town atmosphere, and residents enjoy that peaceful, laid-back way of life. There's a close-knit community at the heart of town that really values a sense of togetherness. The village has actually been used in a number of Hollywood movies, such as Silence of the Lambs. And the area has a rich history. It was known as Glass City, once a major glass production hub in the late 1800s, the town saw its peak in the 1920s. But nowadays, the all-American town is famous for something else, something much darker. On the outskirts of the village, there's a historic two-story Victorian home, and it's become notorious for its history and its paranormal activity. The house is believed to be haunted by ghosts as well as demonic forces. Although it's been widely covered in recent years, the paranormal hype of the Bel Air house is not new. It stretches back to the early 20th century. The Bel Air house 
as well as the land it sits on, has a dark past. Before the arrival of white settlers, several Native American tribes occupied the region, and all of them left their mark here. A young George Washington explored the surveyed lands in the Ohio River Valley before the Revolutionary War. The land was purchased for a village in 1934, and after settlers began to buy lots, the town really started to grow. A lot of its success was due to its location on the Ohio River, along with the construction of the Central Ohio Railway. The town grew rapidly, and eventually the village was named Bel Air. The Bel Air Toll Bridge, which is now abandoned and closed, was used in the 1991 film, The Silence of the Lambs. Hello, Clarice. Now, let's get to the Bel Air house. It's old, very old. It was built in 1887 by a local coal tycoon named Jacob Hetherington. Jacob was a humble man of decent reputation who owned many coal mines in the Ohio Valley. He also worked in the mines with his employees. The Bel Air house was built close to the bank of the Ohio River, and this is the very land where the French and Indian Wars took place. Many died during these battles, some in actual battle, others as a result of battle wounds, and thousands from disease. And it's said that the Bel Air house itself sits atop what was once known as coal mine number one, and there was a major coal mine explosion in the Ohio Valley in the 1890s. This reportedly resulted in the deaths of 42 men directly underneath and near the house. It also reportedly took days to recover the bodies. It's said that after this explosion, that's really when the paranormal activity began. And also, the land the Bel Air home sits on is just adjacent from ancient Native American burial caves. And also, the house sits on a ley line, which means there is a constant source of paranormal energy that goes in and out of the house. These types of lines were suggested by Alfred Watkins in 1925 while researching the alignment of ancient sites. It's believed they mark the lines of Earth energy around the globe. Ley lines are basically these unseen lines connecting important physical and spiritual markers for ancient cultures. When Jacob Hetherington died in 1904, he gave the home and land to his son, Alex, and he was left with a coal mining company and was assisted by his daughter, Lyde. So they moved in to the Bel Air house. But shortly after this, something happened to Alex. Unfortunately, the business started to fail due to Alex hearing and seeing things in the home. He also began to have epileptic seizures and declared that demons were trying to kill him. Back then, people believed that he was haunted and cursed because of the coal mine explosions. I've read documents stating that Alex would be found disoriented roaming around the railroad tracks. He was tormented by the entities in the home. At certain points, it got so bad that he was unable to identify who he was. He felt that he was possessed by delusional energies that overtook his mind, body, and spirit. And back then, he was just called crazy. Not able to keep up with the business, he was deemed not a fit member of society, not polite. It's sad that Alex was treated as he was crazy when really he was just sensitive and probably picking up on the spiritual energy of the home. Eventually, Alex was found incompetent and locked up in an insane asylum. So many people in that time period were just brushed off as crazy. Shortly after he was committed, his daughter Lyde took over the entire coal company. 
She really had to step up and take care of things as the woman of the house, and she did. But then, tragedy. In 1947, Lyde also unexpectedly died of a heart attack in the living room of the Bel Air house, collapsing near the fireplace. And this was a big loss. After this, her brother, Edwin, was devastated and never really got over the loss of his sister. Edwin had left the military in the 1900s and moved back into the Bel Air house to be close to his sister, Lyde. But when she died, Edwin became distraught and at the same time obsessed with the idea of contacting his sister through any medium possible. Several occult experts were brought in from different corners of the country to help Edwin connect with his dead sister. This was not good. He began to host seances in the house over and over. In the exact spot, his sister died. During this, he became fascinated with the afterlife and started studying the occult and the art of communicating with the dead. Wanting the ability to speak with his sister himself, he wanted to strengthen his own psychic abilities to make contact with Lyde. Edwin dove into the dark side, and it's reported that in these sessions, he did begin to make contact with someone or something. Whether it was truly a sister or something darker remains a mystery. Edwin claimed that he unknowingly opened portals to the other side all over the Bel Air house. All over the house. Not just one little portal and one little closet. Uh-uh. He opened them everywhere. Great. Paranormal investigators say that the Bel Air house has 17 portals. 17. Come on. In these seances, Edwin reportedly let several spirits into the home, welcoming them. And one of these was an entity which disguises itself as a small girl named Emily. This entity is one that is believed to be not human at all. Emily is thought to be demonic. Upon researching, some say an Emily may have been connected to the Bel Air house decades before. It's been rumored that a long time ago, a young girl named Emily drowned in the Ohio River that flows right by the Bel Air house. So why do people believe this entity is demonic? Through many investigations, once contact is made with Emily, and investigators begin to talk with her, trust is gained, people let their guards down, become more relaxed. It's just a little girl. But then the entity completely switches up. People said they've been attacked, scratched, which has led many to believe that Emily isn't a child at all, but a demon. It's believed that demons or non-human entities can present themselves as something a little less scary to trick people, like a child. And Emily's spirit is said to be the most active in the attic of the home. After Edwin passed away in 1962, the house changed ownership over and over again, quite frequently. Families would move in only to stay momentarily and then quickly pack up and move out. The activity within the home reportedly sent people running, and eventually the home sat abandoned for a while. Locals in the area would often notice that although the house was empty, they would see figures in the windows roaming around the house at all hours of the day and night. And from there, the legend and sinister reputation of the Bel Air house grew. It took on a life of its own. Combine the coal mine explosion, possible spirit portals opened by Edwin, and the ley lines with a nearby Native American burial site, and it's no wonder why so many people believe this house is haunted by supernatural forces. 
Another explanation would be its proximity to the Ohio River, because water is a medium between the physical and spiritual worlds. It's quite possible that ghosts use water as a conduit for manifestation. One theory suggests that by using the energy found within water, ghosts are able to create an environment where they can interact with the living world. Paranormal TV shows and movies often depict water as being a source of ghostly activity. Think New Orleans, one of the most haunted towns in America, surrounded by water. Bermuda Triangle, the ghost of Polly's Island. There is an energy shift when you're near a body of water. I often feel it. As soon as I step foot onto a beach, I can feel my whole energy shifting. Even being near a lake or a river, there's definitely something there. Scientific studies have shown that bodies of water contain higher concentrations of electromagnetic fields, EMFs, than the surrounding air and land. It's believed that ghosts use EMFs to manifest and communicate with the living. High EMFs of large bodies of water could explain why so many people report paranormal activity near lakes, rivers, and oceans. Many people have reported seeing apparitions rising out of the ocean or lake just before dawn or at dusk, times when the EMF levels are at their highest. It's pretty interesting, isn't it? When it comes to ghosts using water as a conduit for manifestation, there are a lot of different theories. One suggests that when ghosts come into contact with large bodies of water, such as lakes or oceans, they're able to draw on that energy from the water and use it to manifest themselves on Earth. Like we've talked about a lot on Avery After Dark, it's all about energy. Another theory suggests when spirits come into contact with smaller bodies of water like streams or rivers, they're able to draw on that energy. This allows the ghost to create an environment where they can interact with the living world without drawing too much attention. So the Bel Air house is really like a perfect storm of supernatural. And that brings us to the Lee family. In 2005, Kristen Lee and her family were searching for a new home. After flash floods had destroyed their previous house, the family was desperate for a place to call their own, get back on their feet and find a forever home. Kristen worked as a mental health professional and was saving up for just the right place. She would search the listings every day, checking out every home for sale and foreclosure that would pop up. And one day, a brand new listing caught her eye. It was for a Victorian mansion that was being foreclosed on and was up for sale for reportedly only $46,000. Kristen thought after all her family had been through that her luck was finally turning around. Kristen, her two sons, and their father had a budget and were looking to find a home for a steal. And this one was it. The price was almost too good to be true. It was a fixer-upper, so Kristen would have her work cut out for her. But it seemed like such a great deal. It was four bedrooms, two bathrooms. From the few pictures posted, it seemed to have a lot of room for the family. Approximately over 2,000 square feet and sat on just under an acre of land. What a steal. But that was really it in regards to information about the home. It was a very vague listing. So Kristen immediately makes an appointment to tour the Bel Air house. She gets to the home and is immediately charmed. The craftsmanship of the place, the big wraparound porch facing the Ohio River. It was such a unique spot. And once she got inside, she was in awe. Old marble and cherry wood everywhere. The house seemed to be of another time. The family had a dog, Bella, 
and the house already had a fenced-in backyard, so this was looking like a perfect fit. So Kristen decided to put in an offer on the Bel Air house that day. And the next morning, the offer was accepted. The Bel Air house was officially theirs. Uh-oh. The family moved in and really thought that once they got settled in, it would feel good. A great new chapter in their lives. But it didn't. The Lees claimed that upon moving in, they were plagued with bad luck and oppressive feelings and almost immediately began to hear things. Kristen said she would hear footsteps above from the attic and sometimes below from the basement when she was home alone. She also said she felt like there were hundreds of eyes watching her all the time. Kristen slowly began to realize why the house was abandoned and why she got it for such a steal. Along with the uneasy feeling of being watched and hearing strange sounds, personal items began to go missing. Keys would be moved. A family member would put something down on the counter and then turn around and it would be gone. Kristen didn't know if the family was just tired, stressed from the move, or overworked, or were they just having a hard time adjusting to the new house. Kristen said she never really believed in the paranormal. She referred to herself as a trained forensic mental health professional and said she tried to blame psychology until there was no more psychological reasoning. And Kristen's 12-year-old son was starting to become really afraid of his bedroom. There, he felt like he was being watched, and it got worse at night. He said he was beginning to have night terrors, where he would feel someone or something in his room standing over him, covering his mouth and nose, causing him to feel like he was being suffocated. One evening, it was a stormy night, and he woke up in a cold sweat. Bolts of lightning flashed into his room, illuminating it. When suddenly, he looked up to see in the corner of his room a dark figure staring at him. He said the figure was shaking and convulsing. He was so petrified, he ran out of his room to his mom, telling her about what he saw and refused to ever sleep in his room again. Now, kids can get spooked by things easily, nightmares, but most times they usually move on eventually. But this was not the case with Kristen's son. This disturbed him so much that he actually went to stay at his grandma's house for a long time. He wanted nothing to do with that room or that house. Again, Kristen judged this incident as her son just being stressed and not adjusting well to the new house. She was still trying to rationalize it, obviously. She believed the trauma of losing their last home to the flood, now moving to this new, older house. It's a lot for kids. Change isn't easy for anyone really, but especially children, they really can become the barometer of stress within a home. But all of this changed when Kristen had her first experience within the home, one that left her as petrified as her son. We'll be right back. You're back with Avery After Dark. It had been a few months and it was now winter. Late one evening, Kristen had fallen asleep on the couch but suddenly woke up to the feeling of the couch cushion sinking down near her legs. She opened up her eyes to a living nightmare. Kristen was face to face with a terrifying figure of a man staring directly at her. She said the man was translucent, almost like a mist, but this mist had the features of a person. She said his face had dark, sunken in eyes and was emotionless. Kristen yelled out, Who are you? What do you want? But she said the entity just stared at her. 
with a lifeless look. And then it disappeared. As soon as it did, the family dog Bella began frantically running around the room barking at something, clearly agitated. Kristen said she began trying to get her dog to calm down and then noticed that the temperature in the room had dropped so much she could see her breath in the air. She then looks up and sees the figure has re-emerged on the other side of the room. She watches as it slowly moves from one side through the wall on the other side and then vanish completely. Another occasion, Kristen was up in a bedroom with her dog, Bella, when suddenly she felt a presence and then her dog levitated and was thrown across the room. Kristen was no longer able to disregard these events or blame them on being tired. This was something much darker than that. Eventually, Kristen grew to be so frightened of the home, she made the decision that her family needed to get out. This had to end. They couldn't keep living on edge all the time. She had tried to rationalize the situation a thousand different ways, but this was too much. Too stressful, too scary, and too draining to be in that house anymore. So Kristen put the Bel Air house up for sale and her family moved into a nearby rental. And at this new place, the family was finally able to get some peace back in their life. Kristen was relieved to be out of the home and stated that the Bel Air house was a place she never felt wanted or comfortable in. So it was listed for sale, but days led to weeks and weeks to months and no one was buying the Bel Air house. No one wanted it. So at this point, the family is paying for both the Bel Air house and the rental and they just couldn't afford it anymore. Out of financial desperation, Kristen makes the decision to turn the Bel Air home into a rental property. And soon after, she gets her first tenant. A new family moved into the house. But then, within a couple months, they quickly moved out, breaking their lease. Then, another family moved in. And not long after this, that renter quickly moved out. Are you sensing a pattern here? When asked why they were moving out so soon, these families too said they just didn't feel comfortable inside the house. They said they were hearing things, seeing things experienced bad luck, and never felt welcomed inside. It was just creepy. And they felt the need to get out of there. Story goes, one family that moved in allegedly had six deaths among relatives while living in the house. So they packed up and left. Everyone was moving in expecting to make this house a home, but that wasn't happening there. It was clear, Kristen cannot get anyone to stay in the home for more than a couple months. After years of stress, Kristen tried to get rid of the Bel Air house by offering it to the village for merely one dollar. One buck. Sixty cents. She just wanted to get rid of it once and for all. She thought, hey, I mean, maybe they could make it into a historical museum or something. But her offer was quickly rejected. No one wanted it. This house was stuck to her like a curse. All across town, stories about the Bel Air house were too well known in the community, and everyone believed it was unsafe to live in. So Kristen was really at a loss of what she should do. She ultimately came to the conclusion that no family should live inside the home ever again. But what do you do when you've purchased a house that no one can stand to be in because it's so haunted and has such a bad reputation? And again, it didn't help that during the years when it was sitting abandoned, neighbors continued to say they would see figures roaming around the house and see faces peeking out of the windows. People thought 
oh, maybe some teens had broken in or something. But nope. This was when the house was locked up and no one was living there. Yikes. There's something about a peeking face that really just... Ugh. Don't peek at me, okay? Finally, Kristen comes up with an idea to turn the Bel Air home into a paranormal research property, a place solely dedicated to investigations. This would allow her to keep the home because she could not get rid of it, but also allow various paranormal groups to come in and do their own research into what was really going on within the Bel Air house. That way, anyone who entered the home knew good and well what they were getting themselves into. No more unsuspecting families moving in. Soon, word gets out and groups from all over the world start visiting the Bel Air house, conducting their own investigations. Some groups even deciding to temporarily live in the home while they investigate. Groups would check in for a night or two and do their thing. And from here, stories from the Bel Air house get even creepier, if you can imagine. Those who have ventured inside for investigations often leave with scratch marks. Some reported being punched and even shoved across the room by an unseen violent entity. One evening, an investigative team member was carrying an armload of equipment down the stairs when he felt a strong tug on his clothing. Thrown off balance, he began to stumble and his arm went through a second floor window. Safe to say, everyone has consistently felt and seen the same things inside the Bel Air house. Mysterious shadows, unexplained noises, hearing disembodied voices, doors open and close on their own. Some investigators believe that the haunting is so intense it actually reaches beyond the house to other buildings nearby. One group called the Armchair Researchers, great name, from upstate New York, came to the Bel Air house to investigate and had an especially chilling experience. The group is made up of two women who have been doing this for over 15 years. One of these women is a birthing nurse and the other, a nurse who works with dying patients. So this team is really at the bookends of life. One is there when a baby is born and the other is there when an individual passes on. Pretty interesting. The two women through their work became more and more interested in the supernatural and found that paranormal investigations became a natural extension of their day jobs. The women had heard of the Bel Air house and wanted to come check it out for themselves. The two got there and noticed it was in a state of decay. The fence was collapsed, the porch was rotting. It really looked like a haunted house. When the women got inside, they said they almost felt welcomed in. Stepping into historic homes, you really can't help but stop and admire it all you're standing in a piece of history. But as soon as the women started settling in for their stay, as they let their guard down, it started to get dark outside. And then the energy completely shifted inside the home. It didn't feel welcoming anymore. The house suddenly felt ominous and aggressive. Then came the sounds, footsteps, thumping coming from empty rooms. The lady said they felt like they were being watched by dozens of eyes everywhere in the home. They began conducting their investigation, asking questions, wandering from room to room. They actually caught this image on camera. They said they saw light streaks and flashes inside, and they even claimed they started to see shadows and apparitions. Things got a bit intense for the women, and out of anxiety, they decided to take a short break. So they sat down on one of the couches in the basement. 
when all of a sudden, the women heard a loud crashing coming from upstairs, as if someone had knocked over a bookshelf, shaking the entire house. The women were terrified and just wanted to leave at this point. They had had enough. But they had to go back upstairs to get out, so they made a mad dash and flew out the front door, leaving behind their equipment and their belongings. They didn't care. The women said they were too scared to go back. When Kristen learned of what happened, she said she was not surprised. She's found that most people rarely last a night inside the Bel Air home. The activity sends them running out the front door before sunup. Another teen local in Ohio had visited the house on numerous occasions and conducted investigations over the years. One night, something happened that left this particular teen and the group he was with running for their lives. They said they made their way up to the attic. The group was using a spirit box and directly asking questions to the entities inside the home. And they saw they were getting more and more activity from the spirit box. Then, suddenly... In the corner of the dark attic, a mist started to materialize. This mist came up from the floor until it enveloped the entire group. And then, what came next is really shocking. This entire group claimed that they looked down to see snake-like creatures slithering all over their legs. These creatures then began to form a shape, which went to stand in front of the attic window. This dark creature then stood staring at them with thousands of tiny beady eyes. And as you can imagine, this group ran for their lives. They flew down the attic steps out the front door as quickly as they could. And they left all their stuff behind too. They were out of there. This seems downright demonic to me. Many have attempted to cleanse the home of inhuman spirits. Priests, religious leaders have visited and attempted to close the portals but the house seems to remain active to this day. All of this has led many to believe that this house is a magnet for spirits. Over the years, many entities have made contact, some of these human, some non-human. Whether that portal was opened with the coal mine explosion or the countless seances done inside the home, this house is one of the most legendary in the nation. Some folks who have visited have even reported having some of the paranormal activity follow them home, and haunt their dreams. Ugh, that's horrible. The reviews from people who have toured the Bel Air home are really interesting. Pretty much every person who steps foot inside this place agrees. There is definitely something going on here. One review reads, A must for those who love the paranormal. Those who want to call it fake and haven't been there should put up or shut up. Oh, I love that. Another review reads, incredible experience. I was never the one to believe in spirits or ghosts, but after spending time there and a night, wow. The experience was mixed between some fear and some excitement. The stuff that happened in the attic was truly eye-opening to the spirit world for my friends and me. It's a must-see in the area with lots of activity that will leave you walking away with a newfound experience for non-believers and for those truly in the paranormal investigation life. Forget any naysayers, go see for yourself. It's truly worth the experience. The general consensus is this land, the area that the Bel Air home was built on, has seen so much history, tragedy, war, that it's a more spiritually active place in general. And then with Edwin beginning to mess around with the occult, which is never a good idea, the house, which was already a magnet for paranormal activity, became a doorway 
for even more entities, some darker, some demonic. Willful engagement in particular arts, like the occult, witchcraft, things of that nature, can open a doorway for these things to get into your life. That is nothing to be playing around with. But I gotta know, what are your thoughts on the Bel Air house? Let me know what you think here in the comments on YouTube. And let me know what haunted spots you want to see next. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. Be sure to subscribe, leave a like and a comment, share Avery After Dark with your friends and family. Next week, I have a lot of mystery, a lot of spookiness coming your way. Until then, I'm Avery Ross, and this is Avery After Dark.